0: To Die For podcast includes the spooky, scary, salacious, and sometimes psychotic. Listener discretion is advised. Definitely, ish. And also, I push at the button. So, welcome back to To Die For. I am Lizza, and this is Noodles.
1: Hello again. This, Hello. this week is kind of crazy. <laughs> Last week was crazy, too, but this one's going to be interesting as well.
0: Yep. Well, and it's a double whammy for us. We are recording this back-to-back. You guys get a week break we we are uh we're going all in so (laughs) (laughs) uh before we get too far into that please 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 go and rate review subscribe it helps out more than you could possibly know uh especially over on the apple podcast see things itunes all those good things say nice things or say not nice things but just like say something and maybe give us some stars but yeah super helpful yeah yeah Please. Okay. <laughs> so we are back for part two of our spooky ooky dive into Russia and the Dyatlov Pass incident. I am going to say that if you have not listened to part one, go back and listen to part one because most of this is not going to make any sense to you. Yeah, no. Like, just, Just don't do it. Don't pass go, don't collect $200, just go back and listen. So I, like, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm not even really gonna, like, recap, because it's just not worth it. So, let's dive in, get weird, creepy, spooky, try to see if we can figure out what the fuck, and uh, go from there. So,
1: yeah, one thing I'd like to clear up, and maybe this, is, this isn't this is clearing up, but maybe something that was talked about in the last episode that that this website, which is f- pretty, f- you know, that Liz has shared with me. Um,
0: it will be on know, the uh, episode page on our website.
1: Yeah, diatlovepass.com is pretty extensive with the information that they have presented. But for Yuri Doroshenko, the gray mm. stuff. Yes. It's delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's <inappropriate. laughs> we had been talking about Yuri Doroshenko, and he was the one of the first two individuals that was found um, yes. after a group of investigators was kind of brought to the scene. And it's apparently, it says it says right here, you know, right cheek soft tissue covered with gray foam and this is in his uh postmortem gray liquid coming from his open mouth most apparent cause is pulmonary edema and pulmonary edema as what i know to be fluid in the lungs which is oftentimes caused by like you, like for instance um if if you get pneumonia or something of that you know something like that causes you to have excess. So, you know, I don't know if it was like he was pressed on, his chest was pressed on. Right. Or if it was just he got pneumonia or,
0: or something somehow, of that nature. right? Yeah. All of it is they, like, for the most part, all of it, they just don't fucking know. And that's, that's the problem is that all of it is just so weird. And there are so many things that could have led to all of it.
1: Right, but you know, pulmonary edema is something that, as climbers, we have to worry about because of high alt, el- el- you know, high altitude. So it very well could be something, something similar that happened to him. I don't know. Right. It feels like those two, those first two, were legit. Like,
0: yeah, like they the- just
1: tried to survive and they just didn't make it.
0: Right. Yeah, and and that's where it's that's kind of where it's. I mean, if you if you ignore the fact of the like. Cutting the themselves thing. out of the tent. <laughs> exactly. Leaving in the middle of a snowstorm without their shoes and their hats and their, you know, a lot of their clothing. That Like, if you ignore all of that, the first two, even I would say even the first, like, four to five, like, they went out in the snow, they got lost or whatever. And they legitimately, they tried to stay alive. It didn't work. You know, the first two had the little campfire the next three were found kind of halfway between where the first two were found and the tent. So it definitely seemed like they were going back that way. If you kind of ignore the one guy who had the, like the skull fracture from hitting it over and over and over again, like right. he was falling, that one's that one's still a little weird, but like those five, I feel like you could really kind of say like, okay, legit. They went out in the snow. It got bad. They unfortunately passed away but then there's all the stuff from the tent and then you have the next four. Right. And it doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: Well, it's funny, you know, it's interesting just how much information you you can get from a postmortem. Like, like even just timestamps, right? Like for instance, Mm. they were talking about like they were in this article, they're trying to decipher like who died first, right? Like who's right. And it talks about the Yuri Doroshenko guy potentially being the first one to die because he had liver, um, Live spots. So, meaning like he had died and then the blood had pooled and then he was moved. moved. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it's just interesting to figure out when you think of it like as a maybe shit, shit went down and everyone scattered mm-hmm. versus a much, potentially a much longer, complicated, confusing.
0: Right. Well, and it could be too, that if there was a ton of wind, that there was possibly a whiteout type situation that they all thought that they were right behind each other. And, but who knows, but then also some of the, the ones that were found later and slightly far away, like the ones in the the den were wearing some of the clothes from the first one. So yeah, so it's, it's just, it's just weird.
1: I guess what do we think? I think that Yuri Doroshenko and Yuri um, Kri- Kri- Krivinshenko
0: mm-hmm.
1: probably died together, probably close to one another.
0: Right, and I think that they probably died first, and right potentially the others were with them when that happened. Maybe um, not.
1: You know, who knows? Maybe the maybe one of them went kind of bonkers and like. Right. Flipped out and took out the tent that they were all in and they were like, "Well, fuck, like we can't right. stay in here anymore."
0: Yeah, so I I don't know. So on that note, let's let's kind of go over some of the theories as right. to what happened here. Uh, so really quickly, the only real, like, recap I'm going to do from episode one was the two theories that we, like, really briefly covered. And that the first one was the investigators thought that the local Mancy people had attacked and murdered them, which they quickly threw out the window. And two, which was what they used to close the case, was that they died because of a compelling natural force. Mm. So, the first, like I said last time, the Mansi people were very peaceful. Literally, they're like reindeer herders. They're not super into, like, sacred ground or anything like that. So they really would have no reason to attack the group. And again, the amount of damage done to those three found in the den, they just, it couldn't have been done by a human. Or at least that's what, it doesn't seem like it could be. Then the compelling natural force thing is basically... At least, kind of from the outside, is a we don't fucking know what happened, and uh, right. we're gonna leave it at that. Thanks for coming. <sighs> like, right. Don't let kind the door of, hit you on the way. Yeah, on.
1: red red tape kind of right. explanation of yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> thank you. The, Goodbye. Here's the legitimate thing: they all died from being cold, right? And and or being crushed by aliens who knows we don't know we don't know
0: it's all good it's all good yeah they're just like we're done we figured it out we 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 wash our hands of all of this they did also though originally think that that natural force was potentially a swift and violent avalanche you had kind of talked about that right they they thought that maybe the sound of the rushing snow would have potentially given them enough time to flee the tent
1: oh interesting
0: i don't know why you would cut your way out of the tent i feel like that would slow you down and then that they would try to find shelter nearby until it fa- uh, until it passed could also explain the blunt force trauma on several of them that maybe they didn't get out of the you know they didn't get out of the way fast enough something along those lines like it does kind of answer some of those questions
1: and maybe why you know yuri one of the yuris tried to climb a tree
0: right right but there were absolutely no signs of an avalanche
1: right <laughs> and i yeah <laughs> and let me tell you an avalanche is terrifying like uh, if you have seen a tree you know, a tree grove after an avalanche, mm-hmm. I've seen a piece of a tree through another tree.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> like, it is <laughs> no joke. <Exactly>. Okay,
0: <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, it, it's devastating. I mean, it just right. takes everything out. There, but there was no damage to the tree line, uh, tree line, there was no debris found around the area. Right. Uh, If you remember from last time, there were literally skis, a pair of skis, sticking straight up out of the snow next to the tent. Like, those would have been, like, just gone. Right. Also, the group seems to have pretty much, they think, just kind of walked away from the tent instead of, like, sprinting away from the tent. Which, if you thought there was an avalanche coming, you'd be, like, you'd be fucking booking it.
1: And I don't even know if they would have been able to hear an avalanche, you know, right. Who but, knows? like I with mean- the wind blowing in the tent with everyone right. talking in there. Like there's probably very little, like the folks I was with, they had no clue.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: right.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and they also, they, one of the, one of the guys had brought his mandolin with him. So they would like, you know, at night they would sit there and like sing songs and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, there's a good chance that if, if there was, if, For some reason, that was what happened. They might not have heard it. Also, though, to kind of disprove this one is the area was not known to have avalanches before the incident or since the incident. It's just not really an area that has that uh, for the most part. So that idea gets tossed out.
1: Also, experienced climbers wouldn't have camped in an avalanche (laughs) chute. Like, no. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like... Yeah, you like can pretty
1: much tell with the contour of a mountain what's an avalanche, highly likely avalanche. You know?
0: That makes sense. Yeah, like I definitely the the degree of like the slope. I don't know that I'm. That's the words that I want, but like the the slope above like above their their tent was not super um right, like steep or anything. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just not really a, an an area known for avalanches. So. I believe that once they deemed it a natural compelling force, that that was pretty much it for official investigators and investigations and theories, but then pretty much the mystery of it since then, because this official cause of a compelling natural force, like, doesn't answer any fucking questions. Yeah, I know. It has then, of course, spawned numerous other theories, conspiracies, etc. One of those is that infrasound was the cause of their death. The
1: fuck is that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. So infrasound are basically really low sound waves, like lower than what humans can hear. And... You know, it's, it's kind of almost like, you know, when you go to a concert and the bass is like really, like right. really intense and you can feel it, like not just hear it, you can kind of like feel it in your chest. Right, if, It's that idea, but to an extreme, like you can't, you can't hear it and it causes a, a big amount of pressure. Now. In this particular case, the thinking is that potentially the wind passing over the top of the mountain could create infrasound, which can then lead to major physical discomfort, mental distress, like, fear, all those kinds of things. Really? Yes. Uh, This could explain the weird method of leaving the tent, that they were like, holy shit, something's happening, and then just, like... And then once they were in the trees and potentially out of line of the infrasound, uh, they kind of snapped to, you know, came back around and attempted to make their way back to the tent. Mm. But, of course, never succeeded. Infrasound, though, is like a really weird thing. Like, it tends to not affect everyone the same. Like, there were some tests um, where they like tested it on like a, a bunch of concert goers or something like that. Like they didn't know. And like some, like a very small amount of people were like, yeah, I felt really weird or something like that, but it was definitely not a hundred percent. So the thought that oh, yeah, every single one of them was so overcome by this potential. Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't think that any, you know, as a DJ, I, I, I don't think any concert would ever be allowed to happen. I mean, we, you know, right. Like, We have decibel readings for high frequencies so that we don't hurt our eardrums, right? But there's nothing I've ever experienced whatsoever about low frequencies being other than feeling like, oh, I can feel that, you know, right? It's moving my internal (laughs) 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 organs, but that doesn't mean that it's hurting you. That's weird, right? I've never heard that. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's I, I mean, I don't know, like what the what the specific like decibels are, um, but it's it's very very low. You know, it's kind of like like a dog whistle is really high and we can right, hear the dog's can it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum. So, I mean, maybe, but still really weird and just doesn't doesn't really fit. Next up is the theory that the group somehow found themselves in the middle of secret Soviet military tests, which I mean is very possible. Some people have suggested that the group got caught in some sort of, like, radioactive weapon, which would somewhat explain the radiation found on several of the hikers, but you would really think it would be on all of them and in, like, much higher levels.
1: Right. Yeah. Was there ever any, like, blood tests done on these people? Because it's, like, it's pretty extensive with regards to the physical and the internal autopsies, mm-hmm. postmortems of these folks, but nothing with regards to, like, their blood work.
0: I, not anything that I saw. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen, but nothing that I specifically came across in the, like, six or seven insor- da, 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 sources that I used. Gotcha. So, not sure. So, the There was also, some people think that this potential radioactive weapon would also explain the strange colors of the corpses as seen at their funerals. Yeah, they, several, like, if you go through all the autopsies, like, several of them were, like, very different. Like, some were kind of like a weird rusty orange and some were like a grayish purple and, like, all that.
1: Hmm.
0: Some of that could potentially be explained by the bodies being like partially mummified in the cold and the wind.
1: Why would they have open caskets for these people?
0: I don't know. Well, and their funerals, like, what the fuck? Right. Their funerals in general also kind of helped fuel a lot of these conspiracy conspiracy theories. The government really kind of tried to like hush them up and tried to like like they had put up flyers I think around the um the campus of like when the funerals would be and they were told that they had to take them down by like officials and stuff like that. Like, so there, like, there was very much kind of a weird, they wanted to kind of, you know, put like s- sweep it under the rug, like, right. You know, right. so
1: like, let's get let's get this on the on the down low.
0: Right. Um, So that, of course, does not help when it comes to conspiracy theories and things like that, or that there could be weird things going on. So, yeah, their funerals were very weird. They did end up being attended by an insane amount of people because they were like, no, fuck you. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, for some reason, the they had open caskets, I guess, for some of them.
1: Stupid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that just seems like a really nightmare-inducing thing for those that are left behind. So it's also thought that instead of a radioactive weapon, that they somehow found themselves in the path of a parachute mine exercise. This, I know, I had never heard of that. I'll get into it in just a second as to what that is. Uh, This theory actually had a bit more gumption behind it, as there was... Another group that was camping about 30 miles away on the same night and the local Mansi tribe, all of these people saw strange orbs, orange orbs floating in the sky in the direction of the mountain that our group was on. There are also records of these mines being tested there during the time that the group was on the mountain.
1: Strange orbs? Like explosions or
0: Yeah. So these these types of mines, these parachute mines, were literally released out of planes and they were attached to parachutes. And they would detonate in the air instead of when they hit the ground. I don't know. It, well, it
1: was- right, because like the atom bomb was detonated a mile above so that the surface area of the explosion was larger, like for instance, that's why you, you know a, a combat military individual, when they say that they've saved the rest of their friends' lives, they jump on the the bomb it's because mm-hmm. the further away from an explosion, the more devastating it is. Right. So makes sense.
0: Yeah. So, um, so they were actually testing these mines um, in this area at the same, not specifically at the same time, but around this time frame. That the the group was there, hmm. so and these types of mines, when they explode, do tend to um, create the same type of damage found on those with the blunt force trauma, like namely the drastic internal injuries, but almost no external trauma.
1: Hmm.
0: So that does kind of explain some of that. Um, it's thought that they possibly, you know, awoke to the sounds of explosions and fled. Hmm. And then some, yeah, you know, and then some members of the the party died from hypothermia, while others ended up taking damage somehow in the next round of explosions. But, you know, potentially those strange orange orbs are explosions that are then, you know, I don't know, flames floating down or something. I don't know. I mean,
1: you'd think that they would have found, like, some debris or something
0: right? mines,
1: right? Or, Or parachutes, even
0: right but there are you know there are a lot of thoughts that the government suppressed it you know if your mm. government accidentally blew up nine you know kind of sparkling members of the community that looks bad yeah <laughs> also for either of these military based theories the the authorities suppressed a lot of the details and information about their deaths and again, like the funerals and stuff like that, and so this does lead many to think that there was a cover up to conceal the government's um, involvement, and so potentially they they had been there or could have cleaned up the I don't know. Interesting. So again, doesn't necessarily cover all of the weirdness, but no. could, but could potentially maybe sort of be a thing.
1: Well, what's funny is, not well, it's not funny, but, I mean, I need to stop saying that phrase with inc- <laughs> Mind the context of that phrase. Right. What is interesting is that with some of the information on their postmortems, Rustin Slobodin, he was the one that had the uh, frontal bone fracture. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the medical examiner said that, Slobodin probably suffered loss of coordination due to an initial shock right after the blow that could speed up his death from hypothermia. So he was hit, suggested that the fracture in his skull could be done with some blunt object. So he was like hit with something.
0: Right. Yeah. So again, it just, you know, all of all of these have bits and pieces that fit some of the things in the story but none of them definitively go oh yeah that totally makes sense for all of these things that happened
1: I mean there's a lot of documentation here though so it's kind of like you would think that they would just sweep it completely under the rug like well, hey we never found them
0: i bl- that's true but I don't know i I guess they thought that maybe or if if it was a military type cover-up that maybe There being just absolutely no proof whatsoever. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) Um, So we're going to rush through a few more theories that are a bit more, I don't know, down to earth, I guess. And then get to the spooky Uki theories. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yep. uh, This part of Siberia was still a land full of gulags. Right. Yeah. Which, you know, not fun. And so there are some that think that potentially the group was either mistaken for escaped convicts and killed, which doesn't really explain any of the blunt force trauma, that kind of thing. Or that there were potentially escaped convicts in the area that killed them. But I mean, again, negative
1: something degrees. Come on now. What are we doing? Right.
0: And again, neither of these explain the blunt force trauma. And this was specifically noted in um the autopsy. Oh, entopsies. you mean the, you mean the
1: the chest things.
0: Right, right. right. Okay. Well, yes, yeah, so the chest things like right, because cause... they had already determined that a human could not have exerted the force necessary so right. saying that they were killed by like a guard or killed by an escaped convict or something like that doesn't really make sense. But then also for both of the women they specifically made note that neither one of them had uh, any signs of sexual trauma, mm. which they think probably would not have been the case if they had met up with either of these groups. So if they had come across guards or escaped convicts,
1: and, and the other thing here, they would have taken their clothes.
0: Right. Yeah. Right, like,
1: and and like, the, they would have just taken. I mean these experienced hikers took the clothes of their fellows. Yeah. Right. Why so would you why not, wouldn't the, if
0: it was a stranger? Yeah.
1: Why would, yeah, exactly. If, if you're a prisoner, you probably don't have hiking gear with you when you escape.
0: Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, both of these don't really hold a lot of water, but some do think that it explains a piece of clothing found on one of the group that didn't seem to belong to any of them. So I believe they found that out from Yuri Yudin, who is the one who had turned uh, turned back at the beginning. You know, he had a good idea of everything that had come with them. And I believe identified this piece that he was like, I don't know where that came from. Mm. And I guess it was this like particular piece of cloth. Like it was a very definitive piece of cloth, like, and it was used to kind of keep your legs or feet warm. And it was frequently used by soldiers in the forties and prisoners in the gulags. So for them, one of them had this piece of this cloth on, I believe their leg or their foot or whatever. And they have no idea how or where it came from. It also apparently disappeared from the evidence room and has never been seen again. Which, of course, leads itself to more what the fuck conspiracy theories of cover ups and things like that.
1: Well, it's uh, even in the postmortems, they're like, whoever's dictating this, it's like, it's interesting that, you know, for some of these individuals, it's extremely um thorough with the mm-hmm. postmortem autopsy and then others like for instance with Ludmila with her massive ex- you know chest thing they're just like yeah, yeah
0: um some stuff happened to her chest
1: right like they they under they explain the physical damage but they're not like why was she having a massive hemorrhage in the heart in her right atrium right like, what what
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are just so many things that just doesn't make sense. Why did some of them get really in-depth? You know, like I said, this one is one of those ones where like you can fall down the rabbit hole because I have barely scratched the surface and that is we are covering this for about 2 hours.
1: It's big.
0: It is. It is so big. <laughs> there are so many photos, there's diaries, there are uh,
1: Yeah, go to this website. There's I just clicked on a link to the legit case files of the autopsies, which showcases not only who the medical examiners were, but their, their signatures, the criminal prosecutors, and, and the forensic experts that were utilized to like identify what it, what it meant right. when the medical examiner would say a specific thing. I mean, there's sheets and sheets and sheets, and then pictures of the actual things that they're referencing. So, I mean, it's yeah. pretty well put together.
0: It's it's incredible, and I I do believe that this was stuff that wasn't available for quite some time. I think it became declassified, uh, you know, quite a ways. I would say like several decades later, right? But but yeah, now there is a pretty good uh, resource of being able to see legitimately all the things that they hmm. still have that right. haven't disappeared from the evidence room. <laughs>
1: Yet. <laughs> You're right.
0: Yeah, not yet. All right. So some other theories include catabatic winds, which are basically like Uber winds that pick up speed from gravity and then can reach hurricane levels when they reach like the base of a mountain. Hmm. Lightning strikes, wolverines, gravity <sighs> fluctuations. Methanol, That's quite a lot, <laughs> right? Uh, there are so many theories: um, methanol poisoning, and potentially one member of the group going batshit crazy, and everything spiraling from there. Just to name a few. <laughs> right. So there are so many more out there, but this. Is a spooky ookie podcast, so we now have to focus on the spooky ookie theories. Okay. Okay. Are we ready?
1: I'm. I have so many, so I'm. I'm ready to hear spooky
0: ookie theories.
1: Well, just some. <laughs> just uh, some of the information that I'm reading is like, hmm, that doesn't, right? right? Yeah, that can all, be weird.
0: <laughs> all of it. All of it is weird. It's. It's just the key word for today is weird. Yeah. So first off is that a UFO or UFOs were the cause of their deaths. So you were, you, I think you said aliens last week. I did. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jokingly. I <did>. uh-huh.
0: Well, <laughs> some are not joking. Uh, many speculate that the strange floating orbs that we were talking about in the sky were not mines or explosion, but were actually UFOs. Mm. And the group then fled the tent in fear of these objects and or aliens. Okay. 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 A film developed from one of the cameras found at the site. I believe that this is the one that was found on um, Sevian. The one that that the majority of it was damaged. and Oh, by the water. Right. Right. I believe that this was his camera. It was a little confusing. And I guess it's either frame number 33 or frame number 34. There's some, I guess, debate because of a damaged frame. I I don't know. It's around Hmm. there. It's either 33 or 34. Uh, Some claim that this is a photo of these UFOs or maybe a face or something in the realm of the extraterrestrial. Right. So this one though, I as much as I want things to be the spooky ookie, I have a hard time with this photo because it is literally a blurry trail of a blob kind of thing.
1: Well okay. Are True. you looking at it? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm just okay. I I'm reading about Semyon Zelatar Zalotarov. Right. Uh-huh. And there were some questions brought up about his camera. Like, you know, um, it just reads here, you know, that they knew about the group having at least four cameras that were found in the tent. But then all of a sudden a fifth camera turned out on the, turned up on, on Semyon. And they were, they're saying, you know, that leaves the question, what was so important that he had to capture that he had to capture on the slope of a mountain that day? And um in all of the other f- pictures, um and the one person who survived says that he never knew that he had another camera. He brought two cameras, left right. one camera in the tent, and then took this other secret camera that nobody knew about mm-hmm. and grabbed his notebook. And the one guy Asken- Askenazi recalls that somebody somebody grabbed his notebook looked at it and and said he cursed and said he's written nothing as if he was supposed to be like documenting something while they were there right so it's kind of interesting to think about like maybe some of them had alternate ulterior motives for mm-hmm. being there and well, um, maybe well, that was found out
0: right well and he was he if I remember correctly he was the the oldest one, the one that was 38. 37, 20, th- yeah, right. 37,
1: 38.
0: And he had joined the party at the last minute. He was Really? Not, yeah, he was not part of the initial group. Interesting. Um. So, yeah, so there are a lot of weird things. There were some other, like, some of the other random theories that I didn't put in there were that, like, some of them were, like, secret agents and they were on, like, a secret mission to meet up for, like, I don't know, just all kinds of things. So that would probably- but yeah, it is. We had t- kind of touched on that last week of the why, what was so important that he grabbed this camera, like well,
1: and the notepad was never recovered. Mm. Like,
0: yeah. oh, okay. like it
1: was, it was documented in pictures that found, and that it was right. there, but then it was never filed in evidence or seen by anybody, uh, and the whereabouts of it are still unknown. Right, and right. it's like okay. Right. <laughs> hmm. And and some of the film is damaged by water. Mm. Weird. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's strange. I don't know.
0: It is. It is all insanely strange. Um, this this particular picture though, like I so want to believe in this kind of stuff, but this particular picture that they say is somehow extraterrestrial or UFO or something like that, it's just it's just a blob, to be honest. Um, so I'm not quite sure where they're getting it. But there were numerous accounts of those weird floating floating orbs, and the lead investigator Lev Ivanov would state in the nineties that he was forced to remove any reference of strange phenomena or floating objects from his reports by higher ups in the government. Mm. In particular. That um, he, I guess, was told that he had to remove that the true cause of the incident were, quote, fireballs or a UFO.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I just keep going back to those, like, the the trauma to those two individuals, Mm -hmm. right? And they're so similar. And yet there's no, like, so they have massive internal wounds. Their ribs are broken. But there's no external
0: Yeah, trauma. Anything. Yeah.
1: So, I'm like, okay, that whole mind thing, that whole bomb thing is starting to kind of make sense. Like, hmm, interesting. Right. Like, a shockwave from a bomb would definitely cause something like that. Right. But um, yeah, I get it, like why they had to take that all out. I'm assuming, like, whoa, 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 you're kind of getting a little close to the reality of this thing.
0: Right. So the other thing that he would say in an article that he wrote in 1990 is, quote, when E.P. Mezlenikoff and I examined the scene in May, we found that some young pine trees at the edge of the forest had burn marks. But those marks did not have a concentric form or some other pattern. There was no epicenter. This once again confirmed that heated beams of a strong but completely unknown, at least to us, energy were directing their firepower towards specific objects. In this case, people acting selectively. So basically he's talking almost like laser beam type things that like oh yeah that there that there were these burn marks that didn't follow the patterns that you would normally find Mm. in burns and such Hmm. so i don't know so that was the lead investigator and he said he laser marks weird i mean i don't know if like laser specifically but that's kind of the well, right. Some sort of beam or, you know what I mean?
1: The whole eyeballs missing and eye trauma is interesting as well.
0: Right. Now that could, I like that one did eke me out when I first heard it. And that may be something very weird. It could though also just be that those are kind of the soft tissues and either scavengers oh. or potentially like those that were near the water. That those were just the easiest things to get rid of first but also not all of them had that so again it's just kind of
1: well some of them might have been packed in more snow than others like for instance ludmila was you know found kind of near a stream whereas some of the others were in that den and they don't seem to have any eye
0: i think one of them was the eyes in the den that wasn't ludmila um but yeah, so like I you know, like I said, it's it's possible that it could be something really mundane like that. It could be something way weirder.
1: My votes for the mill yeah, my votes for the bombs. Yeah. And it caused a bunch of disorientation to the point where they were like, Oh fuck. Right. We gotta get out of here. You know, frantically left. They all scattered, got lost, you know, might have survived. Right. You know. Or, or maybe something happened immediately and, and some of them got massively hurt and died. And then some of them survived and were there the next morning and we're looking around and we're like, oh, shit. Just tried to collect stuff and then ultimately got to a place where they built a den and then died there.
0: Right. I mean, it's 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 very possible. But continuing with our spooky ooky theme, you know, some people think that it may have been aliens. And some people think that it may have been Bigfoot or more specifically, the Russian Yeti, also known the Russian as Yeti. a mink by the Mansi people.
1: Oh, they, they call it a mink. Uh,
0: I think it's or mink, mink. M- mink. M-E-N-K. So, yeah, oh. I, I think it's pronounced mink, but again, I don't speak Russian, so I don't know. Um. Yes, but yeah. So they, you know, I guess. I guess if you're more in the snow, is it considered a yeti instead of a bigfoot? I don't know. Right. (laughs) I don't know what the specific difference is between the two. (laughs) I'll have to brush up on my crypto cryptozoology. I feel like I should know that. I'm 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 a bad spooky person. I know. Yeah, this one is based around another photo that was taken by the group. Frame number 17. I don't remember which person's camera it was on, but it shows a blurry, darkish humanoid figure seemingly kind of peering out from tree- from some trees in the background of the photo. Now, it is very possible that it's just one of the hikers in the group, but it is just kind of a bit of a weird photo. Yeah, hmm. it's... It's just it's just a little weird.
1: Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love all of the different theories for this. Yeah. Like, I just looked at the <laughs> I just looked at the webpage at theories, and it's like, yeah, so it, you know,
0: a huge list of
1: Right. mistaken the gulag fugitives, um, radio sounds, Special Forces, Mancy. Is that what we're talking that's about right the,
0: now? The, the Mancy people. The, oh, the, oh, 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 yeah, right, yeah, right. Mancy. Uh-huh.
1: Shrooms. <laughs> uh-huh, yes. Avalanche. UFO. Secret launches. Yeti. Infrasound. Teleportation. Ball lightning. Yep. The stove? Oh. That's an interesting one. Carbon monoxide
0: that poisoning? Was, uh, yeah. But I believe that the stove wasn't actually set up. So
1: yeah, okay. Gravity fluctuation, catab- catabatic wind, Wolverine, methanol yeah. poisoning,
0: mm-hmm. a fight, <laughs> right?
1: Arct- so, Arctic hysteria, interesting. Snowmobile.
0: Yeah, Zolotarov's
1: meltdown.
0: meltdown. Mm-hmm.
1: What the fuck?
0: Right. So, so if many. You, if you click on the Yeti one, it will take you to the picture that I. Oh, been- good. Okay. Yeah, that, that I was telling you about. Oh, right! Frame it's we- number
1: seventeen. Whoa, that does look like a yeti,
0: right? So it, it's
1: uh, or just it's, a person in hiking gear. <laughs> I,
0: yeah, it's weird. Like it's like it could just be that it's kind of a weird photo, and older camera. I don't know, but it's it just you look at it and it's a little like, huh? <laughs>
1: Why would they? I just don't. I don't know. This is fucking weird.
0: Mm-hmm. So. People also point to, I guess, while they were on the trip, the group had been creating this kind of parody newspaper to keep themselves busy while, you know, resting. Hmm. And uh, it contained, you know, most of the stories that were in it were exaggerated accounts of things that the hikers actually did or saw. But then it also contained the line, quote, the Yeti lives in the northern Urals near Mount O'Torton, which is where they were. And so Ugh. who's to say there was or wasn't actually a Yeti when everything else that they were writing about was pretty much things that actually happened?
1: No. No, thank you.
0: Yeah. So I guess the the main thought is that, you know, potentially they come across a yeti, it starts tracking them, and follows them to their campsite, and then shit goes sideways. Uh, Supporters of this theory believe that it would explain the blunt force trauma, as I guess, presumably, yetis have, like, superhuman strengths.
1: I mean, wouldn't it want to eat them, though? Like, wouldn't it? That's what's confusing.
0: I mean, maybe, or maybe it's more of a territory type thing. I mean, I don't know the thought processes of Yetis,
1: but. How how dare you?
0: But also maybe that, maybe that covers the missing body parts. Like maybe those. Body parts? The, 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 sorry, like the tongue and the eyes and stuff like that. Oh. Missing, like maybe those are tasty morsels. I don't know. They're soft and squishy.
1: I guess.
0: So. I don't know. (laughs) whenever
1: i hear yeti i'm like "Mm, i don't
0: know know. but that picture (laughs) that picture is just kind of (laughs) weird so so who knows but scientists think that they may actually know i'm not totally on board with this
1: scientists may actually know what
0: they they think that they know they may think Well, okay, they think that they might know what actually happened. And it's really interesting the way that they figured it out. It's actually kind of bonkers. Hmm. So, again, they don't know that this is for sure what happened. They think, though, that it has a pretty good shot at being what happened. But it's not 100%.
1: Okay, I'm intrigued.
0: So, it's very possible that it was actually an avalanche. But in a different way. So researchers went back and they put together all of the factors from that night, including uh, the group cutting out some of the snow where their camp was to use as a wind block. So they had kind Mm. of cut into the side of the mountain a bit. Right. They think that then the snow above the tent became too heavy for the slope to support with that chunk taken out.
1: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and- oh, What is that called? We call them, we call them, um, we call them snow shelves. Right. Or a, ta- or a tabletop.
0: Right. And they, so they call it a snow slab. So oh, okay. Same, yeah, yeah. So same idea that it released this snow slab as opposed to the big ass, take everything out in its path type of anvil. anvil oh my God avalanches. Thank you. Avalanches that, you know, you think of and you see in in movies, that kind of thing. Right. So, it would have been a much more contained. um,
1: Wouldn't it have, like, taken out the tent, though? Like, still?
0: That's, see, that's that's what I don't get. And why would they?
1: So, that's where I have confusion, because, like, you know, if they needed to escape and not through the front entrance. Mm-hmm. You would think that the front entrance would be blocked, but it, it doesn't but seem it's to be not. blocked.
0: Right. So yeah, so we'll we'll get hmm. there's a couple more little things before we get to the things that I don't think make sense. Okay. But this is this is kind of the bonkers part of this. Now granted,
1: these are scientists for Russia.
0: Right? <laughs> I believe so, yes. So okay. <laughs> I mean, I I could be wrong. But after taking all of the factors and kind of recreating this and everything like that. They actually reached out to the creators of Disney's Frozen. The fuck? For help. Why? They were so impressed with their depiction of snow...
1: Oh, that they, that they were like, you've got to have information about snow patterns and ice patterns.
0: Yeah. So they asked them for their animation code, which Disney did actually give them.
1: Oh, so particle they, generators to, yeah. to recreate it. Interesting. So,
0: yeah. So they were then able to simulate the conditions like for like actually see it happening
1: uh, <laughs> that's cool
0: and then combine that with data that they had from cadaver tests that were conducted by general motors in the 70s
1: oh like force force testing yeah. and, and how it affects like yeah. organic bo- like tissue exactly
0: yeah it, okay. These these tests showed what happened to a body when struck at different speeds So they wrap all of this up together and think that basically a slab broke off and landed on the tent and several of the hikers, which would have caused the internal trauma instead of the asphyxiation that you typically associate with an avalanche death. Right. Then the uninjured helped the injured out and then the rest we know now. This one I do think makes more sense than a regular avalanche.
1: Yes. However, and 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 let's just say this. Like we talked about earlier, maybe in the first episode, I think it was, you know, the positioning of the bodies is relative to where they initially died and where they ended up after maybe an ice melt or a season's, you know. You know. Mm-hmm. So... How we see the tent, it could have been flattened completely. But once the snow melted, it returned.
0: But they found it before the snow had melted. Hmm. They found it with basically just like six to seven inches of snow that looked like it had been blown onto it. You know what I mean? Right. So, again, this one does make more sense than a regular avalanche, but I don't think it covers all the bases.
1: Also, the other thing I had to say was if others were able to help others out,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: why didn't they grab the necessary gear that they would need to survive outside of the tent?
0: Exactly. Also, the footprints that were leading away from the tent showed regular steps.
1: Right. And, And did they have shoes on at that point?
0: No. They didn't, Mm. they left the tent without their shoes on, but there's also, there's no stumbling, there's no dragging, there's no anything that you would assume someone would have after basically being in a, you know, decently high speed car accident. Like if you were just hit by a car going 30 miles per hour, you're probably not getting up and just walking around like normal. Hmm. So, So that doesn't make sense. And yes, once the slab had dropped, why would the the group not gather their supplies or at least some warm clothes or something? Like, it's basically a for sure death sentence to do to go out in the snow without the supplies. So why wouldn't you take the chance of another slab falling to grab something before you did that?
1: Right. Right. So Yeah. And also, like just that the cuts in the tent are a little weird. it's not like it's 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 like all over the place, yeah, you know it's not like a cut to open it up. it's like the it's not like a single cut that you would make like a zipper right to get out of a tent. It's like somebody took a samurai sword to this tent and like yeah. fucking raged on it, like yeah. the tent is fits nine people, and I'd say a good eighty percent of the side of the tent is gone. Yeah. from cuts.
0: yeah, it's and I think there was a little bit of that that might have been done afterwards, but the majority of it is stuff that happened previously and it's all from the inside. So at the end mm. of the day and at the end of the episode, basically what I'm saying is that this is still really completely unsolved and one of the weirdest mysteries out there that we've honestly probably will never know the answer to.
1: (laughs) There's so much document, like some really smart people, really, really smart people have spent immense amount of time, an immense amount of time looking at these pieces of evidence, reading documents, reaching out to multi-billion dollar companies for particle generators and animation tools. I mean, this is one of those ones where you're like, okay, no real expense was spared. I really don't see us being able to figure this out. Granted, we didn't have particle generators and animation <laughs> studios back then. Right. And now we have those. So who knows? Maybe in the future we'll come up with something that will further assist us with right. this one. But this is, you know, in the comments, leave us your, your, um, your theory, you know, if you think... Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think it's do you think it's the KGB covering up an a in, you know, a, a controlled explosion explosion there? UFOs, yeti's, shrooms?
0: <laughs> the <laughs> shrooms one cracked me up. I'm like, I have to be reading that wrong. And the idea is basically that I think there's some basically magic mushrooms that like the Mancy potentially take and they were like, yeah, you know, they took some and had like a bad trip like or and something. something. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, I was just like, no, I'm not. No. So they would have
1: found remnants of it in the tent.
0: I, yeah. But then also like,
1: you don't I, eat all the mushrooms. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, it's ridiculous. So anyways, I, I think out of all of the theories that are currently present I would probably go with the military testing. It,
1: I, I totally am on board with that.
0: It makes the most sense. I still think there's some things that don't make sense. Like if there are explosions going off, like where's the debris and the parachutes and stuff like that you were talking about? Well,
1: like you said, you know, maybe... maybe the, yeah,
0: maybe they cleaned it up. Who knows?
1: I think that those chest wounds really can only be... In my mind, can really only be explained by either them falling, which
0: they're I don't know why two people down, would fall right. exactly the same. Right. And, and they're be not in that places. far up.
1: <laughs> you know, they're not, yeah, exactly. They're not that far up. I, I think that there was some, some type of explosion, explosion that went off and that caused major just chaos. Right. Like, maybe some of them were sleeping, you know, and they were like, holy fuck.
0: Yeah, that is a hell of a way to wake up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't necessarily make rational decisions if that's what's waking you up. So, yeah, I I don't know. I'm still obsessed. Even after doing all this research, um, I'm probably going to go to the website that you are currently perusing and continue perusing because I I don't think I even got through half of it.
1: Well, um, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. And, and what, what year was this? Um, uh, 1959. Okay. Let's just see, to see um, one thing I want to figure out here. Okay. okay. So, darn it. Okay. I was hoping, because <laughs> I know the Vladimir Putin was in the KGB. Ah, uh. However, he was born in 1952. So, if unless there was, you know,
0: <laughs> he was a prodigy at seven. For- <laughs> he
1: was a seven-year-old KGP who was blowing up <laughs> hikers in the middle of a mountain. Which I wouldn't it on- put it past him.
0: I'm gonna blame but, it on Putin, anyways. Yeah,
1: uh, Putin. It's all Putin's fault. It's
0: all Putin. He's fuck a you, Putin. Possible. Yes. <laughs> fuck you. I will also commence with calling him a twat waffle. All right. What a
1: bastard. Have you seen that, that the, like, Russian people are, like, putting up, like, they're like, we don't want to, we don't want to be a part of this. I play a game called DayZ. It's a really, it's like a 13-year-old video game that was (laughs) developed by Russia. And I was playing it the other day, um, and all of the servers were shut down because I'm assuming they shut down the Russian servers. Oh. Anyway, I was on the game and I was talking with, it's just an open world game with a bunch of randos that jump in. And I spawn in and there's this Russian guy who's talking on the mic. And I'm like, hey, what's, you know, I'm yeah. like, are you right. R- Ukraine or Russian? He's like, I'm Russian. And I said, how do you feel about all this? And he's like, I fucking hate it. I'm like, our entire culture is being eclipsed with this fucking madman's decision yeah. t- that we have nothing to do with. So yeah. fuck you Putin you've killed hikers and now you've killed your 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 culture
0: yeah. <laughs> I think one of the best things that I read or saw or whatever was there was some like little ukrainian grandma oh yes did you read that and the she went up to the, yeah she went up to the soldiers and basically like berated them for what they were doing and then was like here here's some sunflower seeds like put them in your pockets and like i can't wait to see sunflowers growing from your corpses
1: right like, when you die at least something good will come of your death yes. because i don't think it was it sunflower seeds or daisies or something i don't it was something- it's a ukrainian flower
0: Oh cool. I didn't it's know the, that. It's the legit
1: the Ukrainian flower. Like
0: That's, that's amazing. Yeah, oh like God. she is the most badass of badasses like out there. So, um but yeah, definitely send your thoughts and your prayers and if you're able to help donate, uh send some some good loves to Ukraine.
1: Send some good yeah, good thoughts to the rest of the world because honestly, this is like
0: I know it's bad. It's terrible.
1: nuclear warfare is, is being talked about I know. again.
0: I know I'm, I'm trying like, it's one of those things where like, I know, I know that I have to think about it, but there's also like only so much that I can do. So I have to kind of not think about it. So I don't melt down
1: like, right. <laughs> right. I Have you seen the movie? Don't look up.
0: No, don't, don't watch it. No, I don't think you don't I can. need that right now. I my mental state is too fragile. I I just I honestly, started. Yeah, I just started a new dose of my antidepressants. I am in. I am in mental fluctuation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't watch that. I I did a podcast with a group of folks that we like did a um a review of that movie, just like our reaction to that movie, and even just talking about it post watching it was like. Oh my god, I was getting anxious and like kind of claustrophobic about the state of just the United States, Everything. not even yeah. just like the world. I was yeah. Like, oh my god, I need to get yeah. out of here.
0: I know. It's I just I I just keep coming back to the the meme of uh Professor Farnsworth from uh Futurama and right. I don't I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Um
1: <sighs> God.
0: Yeah. So craziness. Well, that was that was a great grid- Good downer to end on.
1: Well, I mean, it's po- poignant. You I know. know. I I'm so happy that we talked about Russia last week, and we're talking about Russia this week and the week before. I mean, it's so per- it's so perfect. The fact that we're talking about horrible tragedies in in Russian lands because <laughs> it's just like ugh. yeah.
0: Well, I kind of wish Britt had joined us this week so we could end on a fast fact. Best oh next. right
1: yeah get her back on here she was awesome
0: yes uh i will definitely see about getting brit back uh it's it's always nice to have someone else talk that isn't just me so <laughs> <laughs> i try and, no i know you do you do a great job uh but she also she has an insane amount of knowledge on a lot of these she things does too. so um so it's cool so yeah fast well, facts with brit Fast facts with Brit. Um, so yeah, next time hopefully there'll be a, a cat fact or something to not
1: yeah, okay, such a shitty. You dog. know, I've gotta find okay, I've gotta find a cat fact for you. Okay, just to bring, bring your spirits pack. up. Thank you. Let's see here. Cat facts. <laughs> One amazing cat facts.
0: I'm excited. Give it to me. <laughs> you snorted. <laughs> okay, that's already made me feel better. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. Well, let's see. There's 101 here, so I
0: don't need all of them.
1: I know, but I'm looking. There's, fa- Okay, you can choose facts about communication cues. Facts about quirky cat behaviors.
0: Let's do that. <laughs> quirky cat behaviors. I liked the little like wiggle that you did. Right? When you said you like that. You did.
1: Okay. Apparently, for some reason. Well, I want to find a nice one for you. Okay. Okay, thieving behavior is not uncommon among cats. They will often (laughs) grab objects like stuffed animals, feather dusters, and other things that remind them of prey, and hide them for later. (laughs) 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 That was the beginning of Thieving behavior is not uncommon. (laughs) (laughs) And then they just hoard shit. (laughs) My precious. (laughs)
0: Hoarding stuffies and shit. Like, where the fuck is my uh, feather duster? Right. <sighs> I love right. it. All right. Well, well there that, you go. That helped. All right. Cat facts with noodles. Loose
1: no loose facts with noodles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Loosey goosey noodles. Exactly. Okay. All, right, All right. See right. you later. Well, goodbye from both of us, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. <coughs> Thanks for listening. You can check out our website at to die podcast.com. If you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at to podcast, as well as our fluffy fam on Instagram at to underscore fluffy fam. If you'd like to send us an email to die podcast at gmail.com cover art is thanks to joelle hate and original music was created by vincent amston have a spooky day